And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. We are in off-season mode, and as we record here on Thursday, January 12th, Derek Carr has officially said his goodbye to the Raiders and their fan base, the organization. Um, we've we've known this ever since he was benched, that his time here was done. Um, you know, maybe some people out there thought there was some kind of miracle uh, reunion that would happen, but... Um, once he was benched, his time was done. That that was clear. And uh, Derek Carr tweeting this morning that it breaks my heart. I didn't get an opportunity to say goodbye in person. We've certainly been on a roller coaster in our nine years together. Uh, confirms he's not going to be retiring. He once said that if I'm not a Raider, I would rather be at home. And I meant that, but I never envisioned it ending this way. That fire burning inside of me to win a championship still rages. And it will rage elsewhere. Um, he will, you know, the Raiders are going to field trade offers. Whether or not they can come to an agreement, it has to be an agreement has to be made before February 15th because of that the guarantee. So the Raiders um, will need to either have a trade partner by then, or they will release him, and, and his career will definitely continue elsewhere. And we don't have to hedge anymore. We can we can all say our final goodbyes to Derek Carr. Vic again, the elder statesman, <laughs> the, old, the old man. Yeah, um, I do think it is sad that he uh, had to go out this way. I think. Um, Ideally, they could have, you know, I'm sure Derek and his agent and the Raiders have talked this week and they kind of uh, have a path going forward and Derek had a statement today, but uh, it's unfortunate it couldn't have happened last week. I think it would have been nice for him to be at the game, maybe get a last round of applause from fans. I think nine years is a long time to be with an organization. He's the all-time passion leader, definitely went through a lot of things here, definitely faced a lot of adversity. Uh, was always kind of like the uh, de facto team spokesman through a lot of their scandals and, and bad moves. Um so I think it was a class act. I think obviously people will have their you know, complaints about Derek and uh, his toughness and didn't win and yada, yada, yada. But I think today's more about uh, just appreciating, you know, he, he was uh, a pretty good quarterback, a top, you know, we almost a top 12, top 14 quarterback in the league. Uh, made the playoffs twice. And uh, there were some good moments as well as some bad moments. But uh, definitely end of an era. And I do think it was a little sad the way it ended for him and for uh, – his fans who probably want to say goodbye at some point. But uh, that's the way football is. Football, things end quickly, and they start quickly somewhere else. And now he's on to a new chapter, and I think he's excited about having a chance for a fresh start. Uh, he definitely needs one, and I think the Raiders need one as well. So onward and uh, upward. There was definitely a section of the fan base that was really sticking to that quote of his from last summer, you know, saying that he would would probably retire rather than play elsewhere but there's, there's there's probably no way that even if Carr and he he knew that it, this this season there was a chance it couldn't work out but I don't think he envisioned 
being benched for Jared Stidham and, and missing the final two home games and, and his last throw being an interception against the Steelers and everything. And it's, so it, it just seemed like there was no way he was going to go out like that. You know what I mean? And so he has plenty of motivation. Uh, he already wanted to win, obviously, but this gives him a, a plenty of juice to go and try to do that elsewhere. Um, and, and now the question is, is more so, you know, how does he get to that that elsewhere? And, you know, does does he help the Raiders facilitate a trade and, and waive that no trade clause, or does he kind of force force their hand to, to cut him and, and give him the chance to explore opportunities in free agency? But whichever way it comes, he, he's going to be on a new team next season, and then the Raiders will find themselves in a position to have to find a new quarterback. Which they have they have a few options, but usually for a new regime, that that kind of starts your clock. You know, once once you have your your quarterback in place. You know, all the other kind of ancillary excuses kind of go away. You know, you, you got to start showing results relatively soon. And so clearly the regime didn't didn't like what they saw from Carr enough to keep them from kind of taking that plunge and, and putting themselves on, on the timer here. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. I mean, Carr was never going to retire if he, if he wasn't a Raider. I mean, that was kind of like an emotional statement that kind of like was just trying to show his you know, loyalty to the franchise. But, I mean, it, it wouldn't make sense for him to just decide to quit football if you know, anything happened with, with the Raiders, which is happening now, and um, he, he's, he's obviously not retiring. The more I think about it, the more I think they're not going to be able to trade him. I mean, like, if you're Derek Carr, I, I'm sure his agent's putting out feelers for what he could get in the open market right now. Obviously, you know, getting that guaranteed money from – the contract he has right now is uh, would be beneficial for him, but if his agent is getting information that you know he might be able to get close to that deal, or you know why would he want to get traded? Because why would he want his next team to give up capital uh, to a franchise that you know maybe he feels like wronged him? I think that the one the hope if if you're the Raiders and you're you're hoping to be able to trade him, and if if your car. That that does give you a little bit of a, a leverage point with the acquiring team in terms of, okay, like I will get them, I will waive my no trade clause to you, but this is what you have to do for me contractually. And yes, if, if he gets on the open market, then it becomes a an open bidding, and and he can try to pursue some of those same things. But you know, once he's on the open market, you you don't have that that leverage point of like, hey, you know, I. I, I don't have to accept this trade to you. So, I mean, that, that might be a, one way, but I mean, I, I do agree that it, it feels like him kind of making the statement and saying his goodbye is his kind of way of saying like, okay, hey, we're, we're taking all the ambiguity out of it. I, I'm not coming. There's no way I'm coming back to the Raiders. Like you are going to have to, uh, to, to cut me and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough for, uh, for them to find a trade partner. But I mean, teams get desperate to find a quarterback. And if, if a quarter, if a team feels like, it's unlikely Derek Carr will choose them in free agency and they really want him. And they, they kind of use this to say like, Hey, Derek, we'll give you anything you want. We'll give you all this, that, and the other to get, accept a trade to keep him off the open market. Then I suppose it's a possibility. I think the hope is that if you're another team, this gives you a chance to be first in line. Like you can talk to Derek and the Raiders and kind of work out, like you said, restructure, you can work out terms. And I think where, as opposed to if you wait for the, the free market, then it's just a, a flat out bidding war. Then you kind of lose, you can lose a grasp of what you're willing to pay and what the market's dictating and the price goes up. And I don't know that's going to happen, but it's a possibility. So I think if you are uh, Derek Carr, you can pick your team by working with the Raiders and, and seeing who's out there. And that team can, and that, you know, you'll get much. I don't think you'll get a lot back in the trade. I don't think you're talking about like a first or second round pick, I don't think. But you'll get something back in exchange for working this out. And I think that can help everybody out. So 
I'm not sure if it's, uh, it's a, it probably is a long shot, but I think it's possible. I, I mean, it's hard to really gauge what some teams are willing to do for a quarterback. I think, um, like the culture team everybody talks about, but the Colts, I think, are clearly now looking towards getting someone in the draft. I think they've tried the veteran quarterback thing so many times. It hasn't worked. Uh, the owner's kind of taking over now, so I wouldn't think that'd be one of the teams that want to trade for Derek Carr, but I think a lot of teams uh, may want to, so I think there will be talks. we got, what, a month now? Um, a month of uh, all the stuff that will happen, and the deadline's February 15th, so uh, I wouldn't rule it out. I think it's a possibility. I think there's reasons why, if you're another team, you would uh, try and, and trade for him. Something that's big in all this is what does Carr and He'll be able to, to to gauge it a little bit based on you know how active the trade market is, but, but what does he believe his market will be if he does hit free agency? Because with that no trade clause, I mean, part of also kind of something that would keep him from maybe agreeing to a trade is even if he wants to go somewhere, let's say the Jets, like if he wants to go there, why would he want them to lose draft capital that they could use to go towards you know building out the roster? The answer to that could be that maybe he doesn't think he can get that get that deal on the free agency market, you know. So, uh, but if he does think he can, then that even just gives them even more motivation to just force their hand to cut him because then you can go there. They don't lose anything except for you know cap space. But you know the way that, as we all know now, like the, this cap space is kind of fake. Like if they give him a big signing bonus, they could lower his year one cap hit and have him be relatively cheap this year and use that money to, to fill out the roster anyway. And so. I, th- I think that's going to be a key element as well. Is is how much interest is there for Derek Carr? Like we I think we're all assuming there's going to be a decent amount, but um, is it enough for him to feel comfortable that he can get a similar deal to the one he has now? I know it has no guaranteed money, but it still puts him in a certain range in terms of salary. Does he think he can he can still land in that range or go higher by hitting free agency? He's allowed to talk to other teams in this period, right? Or is it just the Raiders that are able to negotiate while he's under contract? I mean, the Raiders, I believe, will will grant permission to his agent to uh, to discuss, you know, terms of, with other teams. He'll be grant. I mean, hypothetically, he could talk to another team, and if they come to some sort of agreement, they could just be like, "Wait till I get released, and then we'll give you the same deal or or whatever." Right? Yeah, but we also have to, you know, these are all people that. I mean, I, I won't say all, but there's no guarantee he knows that front office or that coaching staff to where there's that trust level of. Yeah, we're gonna do that, and then he gets released, and then they say, "Oh, actually, never mind. We're not gonna do that." And then there's just so much other quarterback movement that can happen. Another thing in this is the deadline is in February. The league New Year doesn't start until March. Even if they if they agree to a trade, they can't really do it until March officially. And so it's more of a handshake agreement. And with some of the quarterbacks that Tom Brady's of the world, Aaron Rodgers, maybe Lamar Jackson, these are some pretty big guys that can change plans very quickly for a team if they were to become available. That team that offered you or said they were going to do something for you might suddenly not need you anymore. And so there, there's sort of a, a leap of faith that goes in there. And for, for everybody involved, really, the Raiders, they have to trust that a team isn't going to back out of a trade. If they are able to find one car, has to trust that a team is going to have an offer there that they said they would. And so, um, you know, it's, it's not exactly black and white, cut and dry, how, how some people are, are kind of viewing it as. So you're saying there's a chance that a deal gets nixed and Derek Carr is just on the Raiders next year, and they owe him <laughs> guaranteed money. <laughs> that kind of stuff. I mean, just the the relationships these these teams have to have. I mean, that I think something like that happening. I, I can't recall a, a trade that we've had agreed to that they do have a head coach that 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 agreed to become a head coach elsewhere, and it decided never mind. So yeah, you know. that's true. <laughs> 
In terms of if he does, you know, if they are to trade him, I, I think, you know, Vic, you said you don't think they'll get a first or a second round pick. They might get more than we think. You know, you look at last year, I, I think a good comp is Carson Wentz after that season with the Colts. And their owner, Jim Mercy, was like, get that guy the fuck out of the building. Like, I don't, I do not want this guy in the building. Everybody in the league knew that, like, Ursay wanted him gone. The Colts end up trading Wentz. They include a 2022 second round pick and a 2022 seventh round pick. And they got Washington's second round pick. So essentially a, a pick swap in the second round and then um, two third round picks. I think one of them was conditional that uh, I'm not sure what it, I don't, I don't have the conditions right on me, but I mean, you know, and we saw the year before when, uh, when Wentz was traded from the Eagles to, uh, to the Colts. I mean, the, that ended up landing the Eagles a first round pick based on conditions. So like quarterback trades end up tending to produce more of a of a return than you think even when we're talking about a quarterback that we know that franchise has no plans for no question never underestimate the team's uh, team's thirst for quarterbacks both in the free agent market trading or the draft i mean you always you always get more than you think they're going to get because teams are so desperate for, to find their guy i think the one thing that helps derek and the Raiders, in terms of finding a trade, is that he's a, kind of in a unique lane. Like you mentioned, the starting name, but Lamar Jackson's going to take like a huge trade and way too much money. Tom Brady is kind of a one year, like we, we can win it this year. He's our guy kind of deal. So I think Derek Carr is more in the Jimmy G lane, where a guy is going to take a good deal of money, but he's got enough years left in his, in his days, playing days, that you can kind of have a, a building path. You kind of like it's not really necessarily a win now. It can be a win in the next two years kind of deal. So. I think that's the unique. Um, he's young enough where you can kind of think that he's our future guy. Also, not just right now, but for the future. So, I think that's a unique lane for him. If you're a team that wants a veteran guy, wants some stability, a guy who's a good leader, and a guy who has had some good years in the league. I know I saw a quote today from the Jets saying they want a veteran quarterback. So, I know we talk about Derek and cold weather, but you never know. I think uh, there is a market for uh, someone like Derek Carr. A lot of the teams that are being mentioned are teams that, that do have top 10 picks that could theoretically draft one of those quarterbacks. But there are some teams like outside of that range that may miss out on those four quarterbacks that projected to go in the first round that also need, could need a quarterback. The Titans at 11, the Jets, as we mentioned, at 13, Washington at 16, even Tampa Bay if Tom Brady leaves at 19. Like there, there are a few teams out there that need a quarterback that may not be in range to get one of those top flight guys and like Maybe instead of spending a second round pick on, we talked about second round quarterbacks usually don't really pan out. Instead of taking a shot on a rookie, maybe you trade that second round pick away Derek Carr. You know, and so I, I definitely think there's a, there's a few ways we can end up with 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 multiple teams wanting his services. It's just a matter of is he fine with that them giving up resources when he could just go there in free agency. And then also like, there's certain teams that maybe he can't go there in free agency financially. Um, maybe they can trade for him and restructure, but signing him outright might cause some issues for certain teams, depending on their cap space and, and things of that nature. And so there's, there's a lot of moving parts in this one. So it's, it's really hard to rule out anything outside of Derek Carr being on the Raiders next year. That, that, is, that, is, that is over with. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hey. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Jets do seem like such a natural fit because that is a team that has a really good defense, a playoff-level defense this, this season, and like literally just needed competency at quarterback and they could not find that this year. So it's, I mean, like... If Derek Carr is the quarterback of the New York Jets in 2022, the Jets are in the playoffs. I, I feel confident saying that to me feels like it would be a good fit. I, I know everybody's going to say Derek Carr in the New York market. Um, how, how would that play? That's valid. Um, but I mean, I think in terms of fit on the field, now they, they fire their offensive coordinator. They are, you know, we don't know who's going to be calling plays there next year. Maybe, uh, maybe him and his old buddy uh, Todd Downing get together and, uh, and go to New York together. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was going to say that I think there might be a better connection with uh, the Jets and Jimmy G because of his connection with Salah and the Niners. But um, you're right. I think for them, a veteran quarterback definitely, I think, uh, would get them into, I think, the playoff picture next year. So I'm sure uh, that'll be a real team at, uh, in, in this mix. And especially now that they fired their offensive coordinator, that that, that kind of takes away the, I mean, yes, Sala was there with, with Garoppolo, but um, it's going to be a different offensive staff that's coming in. So it's not going to be the, uh, you know, the, the guy that was, was leading the, you know, Michael LaFleur was the guy leading the passing game for the Niners with Garoppolo. So it's, it's not going to be like him walking into his old system with the Niners anymore. So I think that's what, that's why the Jets open up really even more as a, as a Derek Carr destination. Solid. We had to see how. I don't think he's gonna get fired now, but like I'm sure he's not on the most stable footing. So this might be become something that's an ownership level. I don't. I don't care that you know Jimmy G more. Like I think Derek Carr's better. Go get him. So we'll you know we'll see. And with Garoppolo, you gotta you have the injury history too. You yeah. know, like ha- I, he's I don't currently have the exact injured. number in front of me, but Still. like I think more than half a season he, he's missed season for know, like two three years. We missed like the last what. 13 games, 14 games or whatever of 2018. He missed a good chunk of 2020 and obviously missed a good chunk of 2022. So three out of the last five seasons, he's missed over half the season, I guess. Also, I think because of the Raiders' history of all these um, bad moves and losses the last two decades, I think a lot of teams in the league will probably blame them more than Derek Carr for this year. I think they'll look at this is Derek's worst year since his rookie year. But obviously, there's a new offense, new coach. They didn't uh, quite mesh. So I think he'll look at the benefit of the doubt, especially when you look at the leadership and being the face of the franchise the last nine years. He's always been a big guy in the community. Definitely, there's no concerns about Derek Carr off the field if you're a new owner or a new coach. So that's definitely a big factor for him, a big plus for him, I think, in, in, in this in this process. The whole face of the franchise thing, I think that's that's the area where this, like, you know, the way this exit has, has happened, I think is so unfortunate. I mean, 
last year being forced to kind of be the guy out front, um, w- you know, with the Gruden thing, w- with Ruggs, with with everything that went on, you know, they lacked a face of the franchise last year. It, you know, Mark Davis, he's he's not anybody that in in big moments takes accountability. You know, when when Gruden uh, resigned, he was not out there to speak about it. He's not somebody that has done a good job, um, really, in in any of the big moments when he fought, you know. Firing Jack Del Rio, he let Jack Del Rio fire himself, and the fact that he's he's been the grown up in the room, really, so to speak, uh, for for this franchise for a long time, I think that's where it's unfortunate that this is how it ended, and and we don't know how the, exactly the discussions happened once he got benched. You know, did they tell him it wasn't a good idea for him to be around? You know, did he decide he didn't want to be around? But the fact that he he didn't get to have that final moment in that stadium and you know and hopefully i mean presumably he will go somewhere um and, and we'll have a, a return trip to las vegas and you would think he will get warmly welcomed and i mean who knows we we know how split the fan base is on him that it's possible if he did have that final moment that it it might have gotten ugly we know how his final moment in in oakland was you know you just hope that there is at some point an opportunity for uh for him to kind of have that moment and, and be able to say goodbye uh, in person well they do host the Jets next year. So, so if they trade them to the Jets, New York, baby. That's that. There it is. That'll be his time. That'll, that'll be his moment. Right week there. one. Week yeah, one. Make that a primetime game, man. Got to get it going. Week one. That's a week one Monday night game. Yeah. I like it. But, you know, like, like you said, I mean, it was, I know this, this regime is their first year. They don't necessarily have that connection in the car, but that's, that's pretty rough, man, for him. Almost a decade with the franchise, and like you said, some of the stuff that they've gone through are off the field, and that's also impacted them on the field. Him directly, obviously, with Gruden and Ruggs. Um, that's that's uh, not being able to, whether the crowd was cheering or booing, not being able to at least you know have that final introduction or say goodbye to the fan base. And then also just on top of that, the final play that he had was, you know, in, in Raiders jersey was, was an interception in a, in a losing game. It's just not how he envisioned going out, I'm sure. And so... But it it is a business. I mean, like the NFL, they 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 tend to not care about those sentimental things when they have to make decisions like this. But you know, I'm sure sure there's a section of the fan base that would like to see him go out a different way than than this. Let's talk a little bit about just favorite moments of, of Carr's era. Um, I mean, I, I know that um, a lot of fans focus on the negative, but I mean, there, there were there were good times. I mean, Vic, you and I were there for every moment of that 2016 season. And, you know, yeah, last year would fund them getting back to the playoffs. But 2016 was, I think, you know, the pinnacle of, of Derek Carr's career. I mean, he you know tied for third in the MVP voting. Uh, it was it was a season where. Like everything went right. I mean, one in 12 games, everything went right, obviously, until the moment everything went wrong and, and Donald Penn misses one block the whole damn season and leads to Derek Carr's broken leg. But um, I mean, that season, I, you know, the the game in uh, in Tampa, what was it? You throw for like 560 yards or something like that. The, the game winner to, uh, to Seth Roberts. Um, you know that that was that was one pretty cool moment. Um, and really, that that whole season was uh, was a lot of special moments that just. You saw a quarterback that was ascending, and you know the contract he got that offseason was deserved. Um, you know, and and it just you wonder what his career would have been like had he not suffered. Um, you know, had he not suffered the broken leg, um, that playoff run w- could have been a lot different. You know, they were going to Denver in Week 17, where a win um, would have won them the division, and they would have had the number two seed in the AFC. They would have had a first round bye, and I think they would have likely. Hosted, I think it would have been a hosted a divisional round game against the Steelers, home game against the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger never won a game in Oakland in his career, 
where a win there would have sent them to New England for an AFC championship game. And you just wonder how different Carr's career would have been had he not been hurt at that moment and uh, and had they had a chance to, to go on a little bit, bit of a run. Because, I mean, I think they were talented enough that year with Carr and the way he was playing to, uh, I think they were talented enough to get to the AFC championship game. I don't think they win it, but I think they're talented enough to get. Yeah, it. that was a very cool year. I started with that Saints game, remember when they uh, they went for two, the throw, the high throw to Michael Crabtree. It was a, kind of a, a magical moment, kind of get that team really uh, galvanized. Even in that game, there was that play where Carr kind of launches himself, going for the first down. I mean, people uh, were in shock about that. Definitely, um, he was. He definitely could. Um, he felt the moment. He felt, he felt that team was kind of special, and you definitely see his play. Rose up a notch, and the, he had so much confidence with Michael Crabtree that, that year, and and Cooper, and just kind of uh, was clutch. The best thing about Derek Carr, people question his toughness, and that's valid. He's definitely um, at times not been um, that good in the pocket when things kind of crumbled, but he's also had a lot of clutch performances, a lot of comebacks. He's definitely um, been at his best in a two-man offense down the stretch. I think. Yeah, definitely. I think there were some high points. Even Raider fans who, you know, you look on social media and like, good riddance, goodbyes, you know, he's not tough and he's a loser. But even those fans, uh, if they really looked inside their, their souls, remember there was a time, there were games where they were definitely Derek Carr fans themselves. There were enough really good moments where people believed in him and, and, and where this team was going. So uh, there have been so many dark periods for these organizations. So I think you have to give them credit for you know, the good ones. There were some good moments in those nine years, definitely. Um, and, again, we've talked about uh, six coaching changes. You know, defense is never never any good while he was here. Uh, he overcame that, and uh, but not enough where he could still be here. But I think um, it was a strange nine years, definitely um, a lot of ups and downs. But I think if you remember the good stuff, that will be uh, easier to help uh, move on and get ready for the next next phase of the, of the organization. Even last year, in the beginning of the season, when before things started unraveling with Henry Ruggs and everything else that happened during the season, he was playing at a really high level in, in the beginning of, um, of last season against the Ravens, the Steelers, the Broncos, and he was doing it without protection. Like he was getting hit, you know, damn near every every play, and he he was playing near near top ten level. He was putting up some some huge numbers. Um, so I mean, there's flashes of him being really good, and um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he landed in the right place. Um, you know, with the Jets, maybe that that he he starts playing at a, at a high level again. I mean, things were just never very stable uh, with, with the Raiders, and he you know he is a quarterback that needs um, that needs help. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks do. There's probably only a few quarterbacks that can really help ascend teams uh, the way that this team needs it, and um, he, he just wasn't one of those guys and I don't, I don't think that's really an indictment on him because like I said I think there's probably maybe only two or three guys that are really talented enough to overcome everything that Derek Carr had to overcome uh with the Raiders I mean I've only covered Derek for for three years but I think my, my favorite moment the moment where I was most impressed with him probably came off the field and it was you know both his rea- him sort of having to be the mouthpiece for for the team after John Gruden um, resign and then after the the Henry Ruggs incident, I think the way he handled that in terms of answering tough, pretty some pretty tough questions from us to, as a media last year in a year where locker room wasn't open still. So I mean, there's there are other players that spoke, but you're going to the quarterback to get a sense of you know what's the locker room like right now, like what's going on, how are you, how does the team move forward from this, and then to go on and respond to that and, and make the playoffs with a team that. I don't think many of us had picked to make, make the playoffs after those things happened last year. And 
I mean, once they got there, I mean, you know, he didn't play a, a great game against the Bengals, but they almost won against the team that went to the Super Bowl without their number one receiver and their head coach. And I mean, the Jimmy laid out the path in 2016. I mean, if they do beat the Bengals in that game, they have the, the Titans next week after that. Like the Titans were very beatable that year. Derrick Henry was hurt. Ryan Tannehill was looking like the Ryan Tannehill of old in that game. Like they could beat them and then go go lose to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. But like, you know, they, they still could have made the AFC Championship game last year. And so it, it kind of is a, is a lesson to how how small the margins are in the NFL in, in terms of how you end up being viewed. Like a play here, a play there could really like dramatically change, you know, kind of the narrative of your career, whether that's with the team or overall. And so I, th- I think the lack of team success is, has, I mean, and understandably so, like if you're a Raiders fan, like that, that kind of skews how you view him. But I think other teams around the league are, are just going to look at the player that he is. Like, obviously, they they it, may, it could be, I guess, concerning that he only has two playoff berths in nine years. But when when the Raiders defense is what it is and, and, and the organization has been what it what has been for the last 20 years, they, they may not put too much blame on him for that. And so I definitely think he's still somebody that'll, that'll be viewed uh, favorably throughout the league and will have another chance to show that he can you know do some better things in terms of team success. Um, if he if he has a better situation, there was even a high point this year that game against uh, in Denver where they had the you know the, the last minute win and the, the, the his teammates calling his name in the locker room and that went viral that video about uh, the post game and you thought maybe that's where they would might turn a corner in terms of him and, and Josh McDaniels in the offense but it didn't happen but that would be probably his last you know um, really good memory of, of his time here and that was kind of a, it was a, it was a very cool day and definitely uh, he was very happy and teammates definitely were happy for him that day so. Um, I guess that'll be what he looks back on this year, maybe uh, when, when he goes on to his next stop. For his sake, it, it's nice that he is getting this opportunity at a young enough age where you know he still can. He has a chance to show who he is. I mean, let's say he's he's a career Raider and he spends 15 years with the Raiders, never wins a playoff game. That's all we really are able to judge him on. We can only judge him on the last nine years, and he hasn't won enough. It's hard to separate how much of that is Derek Carr, how much of that is the organization. So. I think the fact that he's young enough that he's still got, I mean, he's still, he's not, you know, on the downside of his career that he's going to get a chance to go somewhere. And we're going to see like, how different is he in another organization just for his legacy? I think that's, um, I think that's a good thing for him that he's going to get a chance to see like, okay, what's life like somewhere else? Can I win somewhere else? How much was the Raider organization holding me back or how much was it me for Raider fans um, that either love him or hate him? They're going to have a, a second team that they're going to be able to watch for the next couple of years uh, w- w- with some heavy interest. Well, see if they get anything for him. And then, you know, obviously, more importantly, or not more importantly, but just as important is, is what do they do now? You know what I mean? Like, that was kind of always the question, you know, with this the Derek Carr conundrum is like he may not be good to get you good enough to get you over the hump, but he's to the level to where you can't just walk down the street and find another Derek Carr. And so now. You know, what's the answer? Is it, is it getting a free agent? Is it swinging a trade for somebody else? Is it drafting somebody with that seventh overall pick? Is it trading up, trying to get hired to go get somebody? You know, so it's, it's almost as much uncertainty with that as, you know, how this is car situation is going to come to a close. And so interesting to see. They better, they better get it right. Otherwise, uh, it's going to be some more losing next year. All right, everybody. Well, that will wrap up this off-season episode of State of the Nation as we all say goodbye to Derek Carr. Um, we'll be back next week. I think we're going to make that awards show. Uh, so we'll uh, 
we'll get some voting done. We'll uh, see if we can narrow down who our uh, who our defensive player of the year is. I know that's going to be a tough one. Um, we, we won't give that one away. Uh, MVP. Uh, I'll have to look back at all the other awards we've done. Maybe we'll see if there's anything else uh, new worth adding in. But uh, we'll come back next week with our award show and uh, and hand out some uh, some imaginary hardware. Are we going to play out with some sad music like that uh, I Will Remember You song like uh, the, at the plant here, Brian? I will remember you. Sing it. Sing it, Vic. No, I'm not. That's a tough one. Wow, wow. Derek Carr can't get, can't get the vocals going. No, we, no, we, no, we got no, a bar. No, we, got, we got a bar no, out of no, you. No, 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 no. I haven't had my coffee yet. No. Derek Carr was not, was not worthy. Brian's going to play that one line on repeat over and over and over again. I will remember. <laughs> Maybe a little, little Titanic. My heart will go on. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a little too much. Let's not get the heart. Heart involved too much, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be a fun month. We'll see what I mean. Two months actually, we'll see what happens with uh, where Derek goes and who they get. Um, it's, it's a key moment in franchise history, and I'm sure everyone's got the utmost confidence in, in Mark Davis and the new regime to pull it off. You asshole. <laughs> <laughs> There's my song. There's me singing. There you go. I like you, you. You did that with a straight face. I'm actually pretty I impressed. Did. No, I had, he had a little smirk at the I end. Always it was, it was, I always got a smirk. I'm a smirking was, asshole. That's a, that's fine. I, I accept it. We got through a pretty clean show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very clean. Yeah. We're gonna end it clean. End it. No, yeah. we're not go doing out. it. We're not go, doing it. And this first episode is it's over. No, we're not. All right. Close it out, Jimmy. We're getting out of here. We out. See you next week. Later, guys. Bye, Derek Carr. I will remember you. Bye, Derek Carr. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.